Yes. We start with the Metta Sutta, Bill, yes. And then uh, maybe I'll talk a little bit and then we meditate. Yeah. All right. Here we go. This is what should be done by one who is skilled in goodness and who knows the path of peace. Let them be able and upright, straightforward and gentle in speech, humble and not conceited, contented and easily satisfied, unburdened with duties and frugal in their ways, peaceful and calm, wise and skillful, not proud and demanding in nature. Let them not do the slightest thing that the wise would later reprove, wishing in gladness and in safety may all beings be happy. Whatever living beings there may be, whether they are weak or strong, omitting none, the great or the mighty, medium, short or small, the seen and the unseen, those living near and far away, those born and to be born, May all beings be happy, let none deceive another, or despise any being in any state. Let none through anger or ill will wish harm upon another, even as a mother protects with her life her child, her only child, so with a boundless heart should one cherish all living beings, radiating kindness over the entire world, spreading upwards to the skies and downwards to the depths, outwards and unbounded, free from hatred and ill will, whether standing or walking, seated or lying down, free from drowsiness, one should sustain this recollection. This is said to be the sublime abiding by not holding to false views, the pure-hearted one, having clarity of vision, being free from all sense desires, is not born again into this world. Sadhu, sadhu, sadhu. said, it's very nice to see all of you again. It's also nice to chant the Metta Sutta together and even nicer to meditate together, which we'll do in a moment. But first I'm supposed to say a couple things. <laughs> or maybe that's maybe not supposed to, but that's what you expect. 
and uh, so I will. <laughs> so, in meditation, we just chanted, who knows the path of peace? So, meditation is also the path of peace. Uh, meditation is supposed to be something that gives us um, peace of body and mind. It doesn't mean that we suddenly relieve all the illnesses in our body, but we can find a certain kind of um, distancing from the body so that it doesn't uh, affect us as much anymore. If we are, are painful, then we can withdraw the mind within. We can even attain uh, states of mind where the body is not perceived at all. So that's what it means really to be tranquil with body has quite a deep meaning and the Buddha spoke about tranquility in two ways though of body and mind so tranquility of mind is peace of mind and I hope you've all tasted some peace before in meditation probably you have otherwise you would be keep coming but uh, this peace can get really really deep and I like to focus on that aspect of meditation to find more peace. And some people like to focus on the insight aspect, others focus on yet other aspects of meditation, but in the end it all comes down to the same thing, because if you have insight into the, how the mind works, then you know how to make it peaceful. So insight and peace, really two sides of the same point. I think I'd, maybe I've even said that last week. And when we learn that meditation is about being peaceful, we sometimes turn the thoughts into the enemy. Because we're told, oh, you can be nice and peaceful, you stop the thought, and it's nice and peaceful inside. And when people hear it, as I said, sometimes they turn thoughts into the enemy. So, sometimes when I've been teaching meditation, I've taught people, not to think of it like that, like stopping, not, not think of it like stopping the thinking, but think of it as like not starting the thinking. Because every thought that comes in your mind, you start it yourself, actually. So instead of looking at it like, oh, I've got to stop all these thoughts that are co keep coming into my mind, think of it as, ah, oh, I'm just going to no longer start any new thoughts. Does that make some sense? So it's another way to look at it. You just change your perspective a little bit. To uh, not treat thoughts as the enemy, in, as it were, because that is not helpful, that perspective. When I was the lay person, I lived in uh, quite an old apartment building, which was built just after the Second World War. I was lived in Rotterdam, and the whole city was bombed by the Germans, so it wasn't much houses left and after the world war they had to quickly build all the new houses so some of the houses are really quite uh, crooked <laughs> and uh, I lived in one of those because it was cheap as a student but uh, there was lots of uh, holes in, in, the, in the floors and stuff and one time the whole apartment was uh, overrun by uh, what do you call those bugs? Cockroaches. cockroaches, yeah, exactly. Oh, cockroaches. 
And at some point I started noticing I was getting angry with the cockroaches. Like, oh, why are you here, stupid cockroaches? Go away. <laughs> it's natural in a way, but it doesn't solve anything, you know. You can be angry with the cockroaches, but it's not the cockroaches' fault that they're there. It turned out that it was the neighbor's fault who had left all sorts of bags of food in uh, the cellar downstairs. So that was the real problem, not the cockroaches. But I got angry with the cockroaches. Of course, I couldn't kill them. I was already a Buddhist, so uh, well, I could have, but I didn't want to. But it's the same with thoughts. Sometimes we get sort of angry with the thoughts when we try to meditate and we want to be still and start working. We're like, eh, annoying thoughts, why are you here? But just like the cockroach can't help, the real source of the problem was the bags of food of my neighbor. With your thoughts, it's the same. The real problem is not the thought, but where the thoughts come from, what underlies the thoughts. And there's many reasons why we think. Almost every perception in life that we have can give rise to thinking. And last week I spoke a bit about this sense of self that we have that uh, makes us think a lot because we think always about ourselves most of the time anyway. We think about others as well, but even when we think about others, it's always me in relation to others. I spoke last week a bit about how by reducing the sense of self, you can already take away a lot of the thinking as well. And today, I thought I'd just sort of continue with the same subject of thinking. I thought I would. I thought I would. Anyway. Uh, so there's other reasons for thinking as well. And sometimes it's more helpful, I find, in meditation, instead of just treating thoughts as a general thing that we have to get rid of, to look at what is the source of the thoughts and to specifically address the source of the thoughts. And sometimes the reason we are thinking can be quite subtle, actually. And I want to speak about two today, if I could probably at the time, maybe I do have you one, but uh, because they were relevant to me lately, and one of them Oh, that wasn't actually so relevant. But one of them is um, that sometimes we, you might be afraid of being quiet. You might not realize that, but that is sometimes what's going on in your mind. It, the silence comes, but you're not used to it. And it also feels like you're not in control of what's going on in your mind. When we think about things, we believe that we have a sense of control. So even in the mind we get quite peaceful, but we still think about the peace sometimes. Like, oh, I'm really peaceful now. It, you know, and you <laughs> destroy the peace straight away. And one of the reasons is that you might be afraid of getting uh, more quiet inside. And when I was a boy, I to learn how to ride a bicycle and I was one of the slowest boys in the block on, in the neighborhood to learn how to ride a bicycle and uh, why was that 
Well, in the Netherlands, by the way, as soon as you learn how to walk, then you straight away have to learn how to ride a bicycle as well. <laughs> I don't know if you know, but in the Netherlands, <laughs> bicycles are, everyone drives bicycles all the time. But uh, the reason was that when I had to learn how to drive, ride a bicycle, my father used to walk beside me so I didn't fall over. You know, when you're a little boy, so my father would walk beside me, even try to run beside me to try to prevent me from falling over. But the problem was, especially when you're new to driving a bike, you have to go a certain speed for it to become stable. If you go too slow, you will all fall over. So by my father trying to prevent me from falling over, I was going too slow, so I was actually falling over all the time. <laughs> and one time, I remember this very, very vividly. Actually, I sort of went pedaling too fast, faster than my father could walk. And I drove away from him, straight into, in, straight in the direction of a wall, of my neighbor's fence actually, right, right into it. And what I did, I didn't drive, drive into it, but I just gently steered, and stopped and put my foot down and I just, I was riding the bicycle perfectly well actually. My father said, oh, I was scared that you would drive into the wall or fall over or something. He must have been scared. But it was exactly because he tried to control me, tried to not get me to fall over that he actually prevented me from learning how to ride a bicycle. And it's the same in meditation we try to control the mind we try to make it still and using even thoughts to try and make it still but it's like you're not just letting the mind go my father didn't let, just let me go and cycle on my own you know, sometimes also don't let the mind just go into peace because you just too much there to uh, it's hard to put into words but I see some of you nodding so you know what I mean sometimes you're just too present too, too controlling in a way. And you're afraid to just let the mind become quiet by itself. So maybe that is one of the underlying sources of thoughts in your meditation. And instead of just focusing on the thoughts themselves, I encourage you to look behind them. Like what is the reason for these thoughts? Where do they come from? And you might find that it the fear of silence. And another one reason that might be happening is that you actually sort of enjoy the thinking. It's like there might be a kind of a desire to think. Sounds a bit strange because oh we think our oh, peace is nice, but you know we're so used to thinking. And can be in a way a sort of entertainment in a way in, in because sometimes, if peace isn't really joyful yet, then it can be a little bit boring. And you just sit there and might as well just think about something in some sort of fantasy or think about something to do or think about your meditation. Sometimes it's more nice to think about meditation than to actually do it. <laughs> you know, you sit there just thinking about it. And the underlying reason might be 
you actually enjoy those thoughts and you don't value silence enough yet so if that is the reason you can remind yourself of that uh, silence is actually really really good and I don't have to start thinking all the time so now you, you see how that changes your attitude from negativity like oh I have to stop thinking because uh, Sunyo tells us to be quiet in mind that's like a negative attitude but if you change it into ah oh, it's really nice to be quiet maybe I don't have to start thinking all the time then you have a more positive attitude does that make s some sense? Yeah. so that's always very important in meditation to have a positive attitude not start fighting with yourself you know, talking a lot about being quiet inside the mind and to not start thinking but uh, probably when we go and try and do that in a couple minutes then you'll probably find that you might still be thinking a lot and then please don't go with uh, anger or ill will as we just chanted hatred and ill will instead be kind yeah? be kind not just to all beings but also do your meditation, whatever it is. It's all good. No need to make any uh, get annoyed with it or get upset with it. Sometimes people ask, uh, "What what is a good meditation?" Well, in a way, you could say if your meditation goes really good, it uh, goes really deep, it's really good. But in a way, good and bad is just in another way, good and bad are just labels that we give it, you know. In a way, a meditation is just meditation. And it's our attitude that makes it good or bad, not the content of the meditation. And you're just uh, happy to be here. We just uh, have acceptance and kindness towards our minds and bodies. Then, regardless of whether we find peace or not, it's a good meditation in that sense. Yeah. So, yeah. when I talk a lot about finding peace, don't, don't let that become another obstacle. <laughs> yeah. I'm just trying to encourage you uh, about what is possible in meditation. You can go really peaceful and quiet within, but it doesn't always work. That's just the, the nature of it. And sometimes people think, oh, if it doesn't work, then maybe I must be doing something wrong. And sometimes it works, so it means that I'm doing something right that time, and all the other times I'm doing something wrong. Again, that might be one way to look at it, but when somebody asked me that on a meditation retreat, I asked them, I told them a story when I was a uh, a student, I used to work in the greenhouses in the Netherlands picking the flowers and I used to work very hard uh, six days of the week because we worked uh, all days except Sunday but I only got paid on Saturday uh, so I must have been doing something wrong on all the other days <laughs> uh, that's not how it works of course you know, it's only payday once a week 
it's the same with meditation. Sometimes, sometimes you just get the payday from all your previous meditations. And it's not necessary that you did something wrong all the other times or something right this time. So those are some random thoughts about meditation that we might be able to use today. And just to summarize a little bit, uh, it's possible to become really peaceful in meditation. And that's good to keep in mind because sometimes we just think, 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 think without realizing that there is another possibility. We just forget all to altogether that we can actually find some peace. It's good to keep that in mind, but don't let that be um, something that creates ill will towards the thoughts. You know, let it be an aspiration, and just and don't go be upset with yourself if you can't find that peace. Just like it's no use me being angry with the cockroaches. So that's one thing. The other thing is. If you do find yourself thinking a lot, then uh, ask yourself, where do these thoughts come from? What is the reason for them to be here? Instead of just treating them, them as a whole big group and you just try to suppress all thoughts, instead just look at, oh, these thoughts are here because of X, Y, Z. And it could be too much sense of self, could be that, that, that's what I explained last week. It could be fear of quiet, actually, talked about today. could also be just a desire to think, and just actually like thinking. And it could be many other reasons as well. So, yeah. I hope that is useful. And uh, you don't have to use those reflections today in your meditation. And you can meditate in whatever way you feel like. But uh, maybe take those on board for your meditation toolkit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let's meditate together for... Uh, oh, wait. I have to get, get the bell. <coughs>
dear friends, not coming close to the end of today's meditation. In a moment I will ring the bell. But before I do, please take a moment to reflect back on your meditation. ask yourself what attitudes were helpful and what attitudes were not helpful yourself to be contented and easily satisfied. This meditation today was good enough. So you can thank yourself for putting forth the effort, regardless of the result. three times at the end of the third round ring is time to come out of meditation Okay, excellent. So, last last time that I if you have any questions you're always uh, really really easily contented and satisfied because there were never any questions but if you have any questions now then please ask chant the verses of sharing and aspiration through the goodness that arises from my practice may my spiritual teachers and guides of great virtue my mother my father and my relatives the sun and the moon and all virtuous leaders of the world May the highest gods and evil forces, celestial beings, 
guardian spirits of the earth, and the Lord of death, made us who are friendly, indifferent or hostile, may all beings receive the blessings of my life, may they soon attain the threefold bliss, and realize the deathless, through the goodness that arises from my practice, and through this act of sharing, may all desires and attachments quickly cease, and all harmful states of mind, until I realize Nirvana in every kind of birth. May I have an upright mind with mindfulness and wisdom, austerity and vigor. May the forces of delusion not take hold, nor weaken my resolve. The Buddha is my excellent refuge, unsurpassed the protection of the Dhamma. The solitary Buddha is my noble Lord, the Sangha is my supreme support. Through the supreme power of all these, may darkness and delusion be dispelled. Sadhu, sadhu.